Admiral Allen, thank you for that kind introduction. Admiral Burho, congratulations on your promotion. Academy staff and faculty, Congressman Chris Shays, state and local officials, distinguished guests, proud families, and most importantly, members of the class of 2007. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege to stand with the future leaders of the United States Coast Guard. Before you receive your degrees today, I want to make sure you have learned your NDOC. What is the Coast Guard? Captain uh, William Uberti, I'm a uh, commander of uh, Sector San Francisco, which is uh, all the Coast Guard operational forces, generally speaking, in the, in the San Francisco uh, area. And then I'm also called the captain of the port and the Federal Maritime Security Coordinator and some other titles as well. The Coast Guard, the Coast Guard has about seven major missions, okay? First one is, is homeland security, okay? So we're in charge of all the port security for our region. Okay, the next one is search and rescue. We do all the search and rescue. We do law enforcement, uh, maritime law enforcement. We do maritime marine environmental protection, okay, oil pollution response, that type of stuff. Okay, we do fisheries enforcement, break ice, although not in here we don't, okay. We do what we call marine safety work, which is uh, ship inspections of commercial ships and uh, uh, investigations of marine casualties. We issue merchant mariner licenses. We control all the vessel traffic coming in and out of the port, okay, through our vessel traffic service system. And then we are in charge of all the aids to navigation. So all the buoys, all the day markers, the lighthouses and all that, we maintain those. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. After 9-11, there was a much greater emphasis on the homeland security, the port security uh, mission. Okay. We've always had that mission since World War I, okay, so we've had that mission. But, but there was a greater emphasis on that, and that's, that's what happened. New laws got passed from Congress called the Maritime Transportation Security Act of 2002. And what that did was that required... Uh, required a lot of things. It required uh, vessel security plans. It required vessel security officers, restricted areas on ships. It required facility security plans, facility security officers, company security officers, training requirements for security officers, uh, assessments, security assessments for ships and vessels. It required to put together an area maritime security committee for the whole uh, regions. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. My name is Lieutenant Junior Grade Megan Druniak. I'm with Sector San Francisco Coast Guard, and I'm in charge of the Facility Safety and Security Branch. Um, obviously, after 9/11, it was a huge—I mean, a huge blow to to the ego of the U.S., where we thought that something like this would never occur on our soil. So I think it was a major undertaking to get these regulations passed and a general wake-up call for the maritime industry in general that we are a huge vulnerability and the maritime transportation system is 
a huge asset for moving cargo. So it was of the utmost importance that we needed to develop the regulations to protect that. Good afternoon. Thank you all for coming. Welcome to the White House and welcome to this historic moment. As of today, the law creating the United States Department of Homeland Security comes into effect. And now this department has its first secretary, Thomas Joseph Ridge. Putting this, this whole Maritime Transportation Security Act in place was a major, major thing here because now all these facilities, any facility that takes an international ship, they're over 300 gross tons, okay, then you had to have, and you took, in your facility, you had to have a facility security plan. You had to get an assessment. You had to have a facility security plan. You had to get facility security officers. You had to designate restricted air. This was a lot of work. First of all, for the facility to do it, and then for the Coast Guard to check all this stuff, that was a lot to do. And so, so this was a major thing, major, major plan on the Coast Guard, operation on the Coast Guard's part. And, what they, the, and the Coast Guard gave us, we rose from, before 9-11, we were at about 38,000. And after 9-11, we're at, what, 44, something like that now? So we got the extra people to do all this extra work here. Okay, we got extra boats, boat crews to do all these, these escorts and all this business here. So this was a major thing for us. We created the new Department of Homeland Security merging 22 different government organizations, including the Coast Guard, into a single department with a clear mission to protect America from future attacks. My job is I'm in the Port Safety and Security Division, which regulates all of our facilities from the Northern California border down to the San Luis Obispo border or uh, line there and basically what we do is we oversee all of our regulated facilities such as container terminals, oil refineries, um, anything that has cargo that could be potentially dangerous or vessels of a certain size coming in that require them to abide by the Maritime Transportation Security Act. So we oversee all of that security as well as inspecting containers. We do it on a random basis where we come into specifically the Port of Oakland within our area of responsibility is the primary area that containers are being the fourth largest um, port in the U.S. We come down and we specifically will target hazardous material, um, so containers that hold hazardous material, and we'll look to make sure that they're in compliance for both safety and security so that they're not transporting undeclared hazardous material, they're not um, they're not putting incompatible hazardous material together and we will open containers at random and do the best that we can to target as many containers as possible. More than 6,000 young Americans applied to join the Coast Guard Academy class of 2007 and today just 228 will walk across this stage to receive your diploma and commission. John Banduzzi, I joined the Coast Guard in 1999. Signed up to. I went to. I went to the Coast Guard Academy to uh, college out there, so I got a college education, and then to to be a officer in the Coast Guard, you know, doing doing the missions. I always like the missions of the Coast Guard: search and rescue, law enforcement. It's an interesting, high tempo type job. So it's something. It's not just sitting behind a, a desk doing something. It's out there. You're out there. What we're doing is we're uh, we're escorting a. Um, Container ship in, or it's either container a deep draft vessel into the bay. Uh, there's a security zone around the the vessel, so no ships can or boats can get within 
that certain area of it and uh, basically we're just making sure that the ship gets safely to where it's going to, to port. But, uh, this, is, this is a normal job. We, every time we go out to the sea buoy about 13 miles offshore, 11 miles offshore to, uh, to pick up the, the boats when they come in. There, there's actually there's also a, a team that goes on the boat out there, that, and that's also why we're out here to to support that team, that Coast Guard team that goes on the board. So we put we put our our Coast Guardsmen on that vessel, and so we go out there to support them. If there's anything wrong, if there's anything they need, we're here to to be there for them. Our authority goes out to 12 miles, so I can order any ship out of the port. I can say you can't come within 12 miles of San Francisco is what I can say. Okay, and then at the 12-mile limit, I can put my people on it, and I can board them there and all that if it's a foreign ship. Okay, a U.S. ship, I can board any place, okay, more or less. Okay, but, but a foreign ship, I, I can board it right there. We identify which ships are high-priority ships, and the ships that are high-priority ships, depending upon what we find, okay, we put sector boarding teams, we put boarding teams on the vessel at the 12-mile limit, okay? So they get on with the pilot. When the pilot gets on here in San Francisco, they get on as well, okay? And then, depending upon if the, oh, well, if we put them on, then we're going to escort the ship. So then we have a vessel and we escort it. Now, the purpose of the boarding team done at sea is what they do is they check everybody's papers. They make sure that the crew is who they say they are, okay? They do a quick walk through the ship to see if there's any abnormalities, okay? And then they position themselves in the pilot house and in the engine room to make sure that they take the ship where it's supposed to go. So in other words, you know, it steers straight in the channel. It's not going to bang into a bridge and do any damage, that type of thing here, okay? That's what that team does. The escort team, their purpose is to protect the boarding team, and the other purpose is to keep any um, small boats from doing a coal type of uh, hit on that, on that boat. So, so they would take out any boat that would try to hurt that boat, that type of thing. My name is uh, Jason Brennan. I wanted to serve my country. You know, I was uh, interested in all the uh, branches of the military. I was uh, raised in Colorado. Um, didn't have a lot of experience on the, uh, on the water, so I figured that'd be a, a fun challenge. So I decided to join the, uh, the Coast Guard. It's, uh, it's a challenge, it's the way that the job continuously changes. Um, all the, uh, you know, with all the missions in the Coast Guard, you know, we, uh, it never gets boring. You know, we're always, we're always out here in our, in our, in our area of responsibility. You know, we're always operational. We're always doing search and rescue. There's always, uh, you know, navigation that needs to be fixed. There's always, you know, homeland security issues that are always constantly being, being done. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's ever changing. So, it keeps you on your toes. What happens is, is a ship, to, before it comes into port, has to give us 96 hours prior notice, okay? And so, and part of that notice is a list of the crew members, the last five ports it's been, uh, and all the container that it's carrying, all the, all the cargo that it's carrying, a list of the cargo that it's carrying, okay? Then that list is sent to National Vessel Movement Center in West Virginia, which is near Coast Guard headquarters, okay? And they, and they look at this, and they determine if there's any anomalies, any problems with that. And if there is, then they let us know. As part of Operation Noble Eagle, the men and women of the Coast Guard are protecting more than 360 ports and more than 95,000 miles of coastline. Overseas, the Coast Guard is conducting maritime intercept operations in the Persian Gulf, patrolling the waters off of Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. 
The men and women of the Coast Guard are serving with courage, and the American people are grateful to live behind your shield of freedom. Because you have to give the 96 hours notice, if you don't give the 96 hours notice, you can't come in. So we've had ones there that they forgot, they, you know, some sad story, okay, okay, and, and, and so they're held out until, until we're, we process their paperwork and all that, and we usually make them wait the 96 hours or whatever the requirement is. Because if you're coming from a port that's less than 96 hours away, then you just have to give the 24-hour notice, okay, or, less, or more depending on the distance, okay. So, but we haven't had anywhere here we have, and I've been in other ports where we had, but not in this port where, where we found through our screening process that we found a, a real problem on this ship that we had to hold it off and, all, and, and, get, and do special boardings and all that stuff. So we haven't had that yet here, and that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't want to say that, uh, that our focus completely changed, you know, but, uh, but it, it came back to the, to the uh, more focus was emphasized on, on homeland security, on, uh, on conducting escorts, on, on anti-terrorism. You know, as the Coast Guard, you know, we, were, we always had a, a, a homeland security mindset. You know, so we, we were always aware of the, the fact. Obviously, 9-11 brought on, a, uh, it was a real eye-opener, you know, and basically we, we realized areas that we might be weak in, and we focused on those, you know. I mean, what do we do now? You know, we're doing, we're doing escorts, you know, a lot more often than, than we were in the past. You know, we, uh, you know, I was stationed up in Alaska at, at a time, you know, where at their primary focus used to be living marine resources to where now, they're getting more involved in the in the homeland security escorts. So, um, they, the the Coast Guard's brought on the MSSTs, Marine Safety and Security Teams, you know, for that that kind of response. That's brought on by the uh, in response to, to 9/11. So, uh, um, in the in the sense of preparing for it, you know, you're always, you know, you're always in the mindset. You know, you're always ready for you know. Our motto, Semper Paratus, we're always ready. So we're, we're, we're always going to be prepared for, for whatever comes our way. Coast Guard inspectors and law enforcement officials currently board targeted commercial vessels shortly before they enter the Port Authority and then they escort them safely to docks. Tomorrow, the Coast Guard's deep water project will award a multi-year contract to replace aging ships and aircrafts and improve communications and information sharing. The whole purpose is to push out our maritime borders, giving us more time to identify threats and more time to respond. The Coast Guard is also working on ways to better detect weapons of mass destruction. They've assembled strike teams, one of which I was able to meet today. I'm Bosomate First Class, Johnny Roach. MSST is a Maritime Safety and Security Team. Our, our, our job, the reason we were formed was uh, Homeland Security to uh, deter, detect, and intercept any hostile acts on critical infrastructures around the United States. Uh, right now, what we're doing is uh, we're going out and, and doing a, a critical infrastructure patrol. Uh, we call it CI Patrol. There are specific infrastructures within the bay that we need to go and inspect and uh, ensure that, there's a, that people aren't impeding the security zone that's been placed around the, the infrastructures. With, with so many containers coming in, 
we uh, we just ensure that, that no one goes in on, on specific ships and uh, does any damage or, or impedes the security zone around them. The containers themselves are handled on shore by another unit. My name is uh, Ensign Jason Prairie, the MSST, San Francisco. Um, each morning, we usually gather here about uh, 6.30 in the morning. Uh, report Liberty expires at 6.30 in the morning. We gather at the local gym here on base at quarter to seven, uh, do a few warm-up laps around the gym, do a stretching routine, uh, give a quick brief on what the day's events are going to be, and each of our departments breaks off into a certain workout schedule. We'll have law enforcement, uh, administration, um, boats forces, and dive team. We all can split up. Like somebody will go to the one group will go to the pool that day. Another person will be or another group calisthenics. One in the weight room. Ideas like that. We usually spend about an hour doing the workout. I think it's quarterly. We're required to do a physical fitness test, and that's a mile and a half run, uh, pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups. Pretty much that's the same for law enforcement side of the house and dive side of the house. Dive side and corporate swim also, 500-yard swim. We're determined to stop the world's most dangerous men from striking America with the world's most dangerous weapons. And the Coast Guard is on the front line of this battle. I've been a diver for 10 years. I think the training is wonderful. Uh, it's very unique to be in these, it's almost, I wouldn't say special operations, but for the Coast Guard, it's pretty close to it. The dive training is pretty, it's physically demanding, it's just like a rescue swimmer. Um, a lot of running, a lot of swimming. Um, it's pretty, uh, you got to be pretty comfortable in the water, under the water. Um, we're actually trained by the Navy. We go to Panama City, Florida, and we're, the basic scoop is for five weeks. And it's not easy, it's not for everyone. They stress you out as much as they feel they can, um, physically, mentally. There's a lot of uh, disorientation, um, taking the air supply away from you, kinking your hoses, shutting the air off, taking your mask off underwater, and spinning you around. I mean, they try to put you in the worst scenario because it's going to make you a better diver. It's going to make you a better diver when you're out there on a... Um, pier sweep or a hull inspection or in dark black water and something goes wrong you get entangled you're, you're gonna revert back to your training you're gonna keep it calm level-headed and um, get yourself out of the situation you're an individual down there it's not a team effort scuba isn't rescue swimmers aren't you go out the door you're on your own You're by yourself and you've got to rely on your training my name is Bosomate second class Shandor Cheater with the United States Coast Guard and this is my partner, Hawk. Since the Coast Guard has taken on the, uh, the role of anti-terrorism, as well as all the other missions that we have, um, the K-9 just happens to fall into that community. He's an explosive detector, so when bad things start happening and they want to be able to have a self-sustaining unit, they call for us. We have our own versions of SWAT teams, we have our dog teams, dive teams, the whole nine yards. So we had about 150 dogs to select from, and then they try to match up our personalities from there. So in this case, spastic, goofy dog, Spastic Goofy Human, good pair, good match, and came out pretty good, so. The men and women of the Coast Guard know how to navigate the storm. 
We're counting on you to help America weather the challenges that lie ahead. As you begin your Coast Guard careers, you can approach the future with confidence because our nation has faced dangerous enemies before and emerged victorious every time. We are capable of nationwide deployment. We can either go via helicopter, boat, vehicle, whatever the preferred method is at that point to get to the scene that we need to get to. Uh, we're the only military service that actually trains to vertically insert our dogs, which is just having them clip onto us, and then we'll be vertically delivered down a line onto the boat and then search that boat. Uh, we also train for uh, deployment from a small boat, which is we have inflation crates on that stuff that'll keep the dogs afloat if they should fall into the water. And then we have repelling up the side of a building. So we'll either use those methods or if uh, like one of the other agency calls for us, then we'll go assist them with vehicle searches, building searches, uh, personnel searches, the whole nine yards. So we, uh, we, we're well versed in how we can be deployed. So uh, it, it, a normal day we'll be driving to one area and then from there we'll have to hook up our dogs in this body armor and repel them up the side of a building or down the side of a building into a window, out of a window onto a boat, off of a boat, into a helo. So, I mean, we can go anywhere, quite literally anywhere, just as long as we have the ability to get to that spot, we can get in from there. The way that we work with other federal agencies, specifically in regards to containers, we work a lot with our Customs Border Protection, with CBP, and we, it's, uh, the biggest thing that we can do is joint sharing of information. So, if any intelligence comes in as to um, certain containers that possibly want to look at between, we have certain authority under our jurisdiction as CBP has certain authorities that they can look at containers. So we collaborate to ensure that we're targeting as many containers as possible and some are random and some is driven with certain intelligence that we have. On September the 11th, the home front you protect became a battlefront in a new and unprecedented war. That day our nation changed forever and so did the mission of the United States Coast Guard. The service assumed new and essential responsibilities to defend our nation against terrorist infiltration and to help stop new attacks before they kill our people. Some of these ships coming in have anywhere from 5,000 containers to now the, the biggest ones have over 9,000, 10,000 containers. So uh, there's no, I mean, it would take a month, <laughs> you know, to, to pull those off and actually to, uh, to actually check a container. If you took one off a ship and actually opened it up and looked at it, could take anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days, you know, depending upon what's in it and all that. So the object is not to look in every single one because you would be accomplishing what the terrorists want. The terrorists want to stop your commerce. Well, we would be stopping them without the terrorists doing anything. You see, so obviously that that's not what we want to do. So what you want to do is you want to identify the suspect ones, and they're the ones you want to open and all that. And and so that's what that's what customs does. That's how customs does. They have a system that identifies those and that's what they do. Also, they also have a system where all containers leaving the port go through those radiation portals, right? So it would detect any any uh, anomaly for radiation type of thing. After 9/11, I mean, the the whole scope changed to where our focus is now ports and waterway security. So prior to 9-11, we weren't doing these escorts as often. And now after 9-11, we're doing a, whole, a lot of escorts. That's, that's our main 
a main objective is, is escorts now and, and doing the ports and waterways security. You know, we still have our search and rescue, we still have our law enforcement, we still do all that. But, um, you know, right now the escorts is, is what we're, we're doing. The training didn't change, you know, the, the, you got more training is what you got. So, um, your law enforcement training, your law enforcement training did change to where, you know, now it's not all going on boats to do uh, fishing vessels or, or uh, recreational vessels. You're also doing the training towards going on board. Like these, these guys that are going on board, the boarding team going on board this boat, got a, uh, a special type of training to do this mission, to do this job. And our, our training changed in that we, we needed to get trained in how to do escorts, the techniques we need to use, techniques we need to use if, if something does happen, if an event does happen that we need to, to do, use a different technique that we have. The whole idea of security is to make what we call harden the target. If we harden the target, if they know we're doing all this business here, you know, then they'll go somewhere else where they don't. You know, so, so that's, that's our strategy here. We also have a random element that we put into place here. So in other words, if you're, if you're a smart terrorist, you can figure out that if this ship has been so many different places, it's going to get boarded by the Coast Guard. See, so maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to put your, your bomb or whatever on that ship. So we also have a random element that besides boarding all our, our high-priority vessels, we also board a certain percentage, depending upon what the security level is in the port, of non-vessels, just to throw off these people, you know, that, that would try to track and figure out how we do things. All these steps are making our country safer, but we're not yet safe. To strike our country, the terrorists only have to be right once. To protect our country, we have to be right 100% of the time. And that means the best way to protect our people is to take the fight to the enemy. First of all, it's not airtight. Nothing is airtight and all that. All we can say is we've significantly improved the security to where it was before. Everyone has their own views on whether a place is secure or a place is not secure. I, I think, uh, in, in my opinion, we are out here on a daily basis, and and, and we're doing we're doing our job. And uh, you know, we we have help from local agencies, other federal agencies, and I think in working together in a combined unity, we we are making the waterways safe. Terrorists can try to kill the innocent, but they cannot kill the desire for liberty that burns in the hearts of millions across the earth. The power of freedom defeated the ideologies of fascism and communism in the last century. And freedom will defeat the hateful ideologies of the terrorists in this century. You leave this academy strong and resolved to be worthy of the traditions of commissioned officers in the United States Coast Guard. I respect your passion for service and the courage of your choice. Your country is grateful and proud of each of you. Congratulations. God bless. Semper Paratus.